Hello, I'm Jeff Lester, and welcome to episode 140 of Wait, What? A Comics and Pop Culture Peaceling. Today, Graham McMillan joins me for a pre-Thanksgiving 90-minute installment where comics are read, TV shows are recapped, and trash is politely talked. Among the books covered today, Harley Quinn number 0, Scooby-Doo Team-Up number 1, Afterlife with Archie number 2, Sex Criminals number 3, and other comics that don't fit into that coincidental and convenient numerical sequence. Uh, books such as American Barbarian, Batwoman 25, Essential Captain America Volume 7, and much more. Show notes are fast and furious, or at least fast, over at SavageCritic.com, and we always welcome your comments and questions at WaitWhatPodcast at gmail.com. As always, we hope you enjoy, and thank you for listening. Jeff Lester. Graham McMillan. Jeff Lester, this is the third time we have podcasts in a week. I'm... This must be some sort of record, right? <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's like every three days we're like talking to one another again. It's, uh... it's like, time to talk about comics. Have you read any? No, I haven't. We just talked two days ago. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Actually, what helped me was I, I'm, I don't think I talked... I hadn't read any comics the last two times we'd talked, so therefore um, that pretty much gave me the inspiration to sort of sit down and, and read a few it also helped kind of the idea that this is going to be sort of a shorty cast for us, so I'm sort of like, well, at the very least, I need to read some comics. You know? <laughs> See, I'm so glad you did that. Uh, let me tell you, and let me tell the listeners, that I'm slightly crazy right now. <laughs> and I'm slightly crazy because, uh, as I told you last week when we, were, we got off air, Mm-hmm. This is a really weird week work-wise for me because I'm simultaneously working to a really tight deadline for this weekend because there's a lot of Doctor Who stuff I'm trying to get done. Right. Uh, and that's on Saturday, the Saturday coming as we record Saturday previous as you hear. Um, but also Thanksgiving this weekend. And so we have to write ahead for that as well. Oh, jeez. And so I'm like, I'm writing in two different time zones. So I, I shit you not... Less than 20 minutes ago, I just finished an interview with a prosthetics designer for Doctor Who. Wow. Like, I mean, I just finished writing that up. Mm -hmm. Um, Tomorrow morning, horribly early, I have two phone calls with a writer from Doctor Who. And my brain is just like, I should think about questions. Uh, no, I've got to do a podcast. No, uh, I've got to write any comics. Uh, and my brain is just like, <laughs> you know when like hard drives and computers like break, I just hear them start going, net, 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 net. I wish That's I didn't kind of know that I sound. I, I only <laughs> wish I didn't. I'm like, what a perfect example, Graham. Jesus. <sighs> Yeah, no, I'm sure you've got to be completely, completely frazzled. So. It's it's kind of hilarious. <laughs> I like I I really am like I find it oddly funny at this point. Where I'm like, of course, uh, it's one of those things where all of these things because I'm talking to uh, Chris Chibnall and Toby Whithouse, mm-hmm. uh, who write Doctor Who and, and various other things tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And like, like I I it's one of those things that in another world I'd be nervous, right? Because uh, you know, I like their work, and I, I like Doctor Who so much. And I, uh, but I'm, I'm honestly just like, gotta get it done. <laughs> no time to be nervous. No time for love, Doctor Jones. I'm <laughs> totally just, you know, uh, that's it. Like I talked to the guy who I talked to the guy who fucking runs Millennium FX, which does the prosthetics for Doctor Who. Like, wow. like the guy who runs and founded the company. And I, I was just like, gotta get it done. 
Yeah, right. Exactly. So, what'd you have for lunch today? Uh huh. Uh huh. And Doctor yeah, Who. That's, uh-huh, yeah, that's uh-huh. great. Yeah, you like Doctor Who? That's great. Yeah, you're working on it. That, that's really good. So, listen, just say something like weird, and that that's great. Um, and he gave me all this great stuff that I can't use. Not that I can use, but that like I ended up not using because it just didn't fit into the thing. Oh yeah. Well, like what? Uh, you can share it here. Uh, I he talked about the the things that he wanted to do that he never got to do for whatever reasons. Uh, he really wanted to do a werewolf for the Tooth and Claw episode, and they ended up going CGI. Mm. And he got really upset about it because he was oh, like, yeah. "You can't do you can't do CGI werewolf. They're not scary." Yeah. And apparently, he thinks he talked himself out of that because because of that because he said that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the producers were like, "Well, we're on at five p.m. and a Saturday afternoon. We're not meant to be scary." And he was like, "God damn it!" <laughs> Well, wait a minute. Uh, wait, which which season was that? Because let me tell you, I thought part of the appeal of Doctor Who is they know exactly how scary they're supposed to be, and they're supposed to be a little bit scary. Yeah, but not like scary, scary. Two well, is the second season of the revived show, uh-huh. and they went for uh, CGI werewolves uh, versus Queen Victoria. Blah. Uh, yeah, exactly. They just but didn't want to. There was a money thing going on there. I'm sorry. Like that first episode, uh, you know, when Eccleston returns, has a ridiculous number of shots of people walking down long hallways going, hello, hello. You know what I mean? Are you my mommy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, come on. So I'd yeah. like to point out to all the parents, of whom I would be one if I was listening to this, I know that's not the first episode of the new Who. It's just the walking down long, dark corridors thing reminded me of it. Yes. Thank you for clearing that up. The first episode is the one with all, all the mannequins, the store mannequins. Exactly. Like. Exactly. Come on. that's And they're like pretending that's not supposed to be scary. I mean, come on. Come oh, on. Clearly not scary. In, like, it was, there's an element of scary. You can't See, go beyond that. There's supposed I, to be... <sighs> I think I think they've gotten like way scarier to be honest. Well, of course, since, uh, you know the, the the ones with the the weeping angels. Yeah, it still is still terrifying to me. Absolutely, absolutely. I, again, it's just one of those things where they were like, you know, no, 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 this is faster. No, 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 we already sent a prod. You know, whatever. They were blowing smoke up this guy's ass. I'm convinced. You're like, screw you, guy. Yeah. You're, You're wrong. You're being used. Give me that phone number. You know. You're part of the machine. <laughs> exactly. You've been lied to just like my parents lied to me. <laughs> what? I don't know. It seemed appropriate thrown there. <laughs> oh, man. So you are quite loopy as well then. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It is is one well, of those. You're, yeah, you're preparing for your your first of two Thanksgivings. You must be feeling somewhat outsourced. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Tomorrow's Thanksgiving with uh with my family members who uh yeah I won't even get into it now to bore the listeners. But needless to say, there have already been strange mystery texts. We um and well to cut a long story short, a as if at one point it was being floated about the least Thanksgiving idea ever for Thanksgiving, which was that we were going to have catered Mexican food. And you know what? Oh my God! And and I okay. So Graham, please honest, tell please tell me you are, and and please tell me at some point you're going to show up and be like Happy Thanksgiving, and only you will get the joke. <laughs> 
I don't get the joke, though. Oh, my God! Okay, I'll explain the joke to you when you finish your story. Go. No, no, no. Explain the joke here, because I'm afraid of having my thunder stolen, so... Oh, no, DC released a, uh, a teaser image for the, their Batman Weekly Ends Week. Oh, and right, 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 sorry. And it's called Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. I didn't realize that was titled. I guess we should talk about that. Wait, wait, does the Batman Weekly launch next week, then? Next month. I No, I, oh, okay. I try again. Next year. I keep on giving the wrong thing. See, I was about what? to say. I was like, oh, well, finally, it makes sense. Spring you know? 2014. Right. I am just having a brain meltdown. Every okay. time I see next week or next month, I'm lying. It launches. I think it's April 2014 that launches. Oh, no wonder why it's Thanksgiving related. See, that was it. When I saw that thing with the Thanksgiving deal, at no point did it ever occur to me that it was Thanksgiving related. When you said next week, I'm like... Oh, it makes sense. Like, I actually had that moment of like, oh, DC, I totally misjudged you. And now I'm back to being like, oh, of course not. <laughs> no, 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 I didn't. no, no. It's just some weird thing. Like, I swear to God, Dan DiDio is like the, um, it's like the producer in Barton Fink where he just sort of jumps up and he's like, I got an idea, you know, and he just like gets on the phone in the dead of night, you know, it's like, Batman, Thanksgiving, want it tomorrow, you know, give me that Scott Snyder feeling, you know, it's just, it's such... You haven't seen Barton Fink, have you? Have you seen Barton Fink? <laughs> no, no, I have. Oh, okay. Scott Snyder feeling made me very happy. Finish okay. your story. I completely derailed you. Finish your story. No, no, no. Okay, so, right. So, Graham, apart from Batsgiving, what is the and what is the least Thanksgiving-oriented thing that people can do apart from catered Mexican food? Like, even lower down the, 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 the train of oh, events God, involving I have, food. I have no idea. I am, I am just recently American. I... Thanksgiving is still, like, within a decade of being new to me. Yeah, but, okay, when I tell you this, you'll be like, right, I should have guessed. Okay, go. Four words. Guy Fieri's Tex Wasabi. <laughs> oh, Jeff. Yes. We yeah, are you eating. Tell me story, you tell me stories like this, and I'm like, how are you actually related to these people? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the thing that's hilarious, I got this text from my brother, and I don't even know. I thought at first he was, like, playing some angle to get us out of it, because he was like, hey, man, just wanted to let you know about the latest turn of events, which is, is that, you know, like, unless things change, we're going to Guy Fieri's Asian-American fusion abortion, is what he called it. So I, I was like... So, you know, clearly we're not all on the same page, but honestly, that page is let's not have my mom freak out is basically it. So you so, are all on the same page. Yeah, the same page is let's not freak out my mom, although one of us might also, the flip side of that page is someone like, let me eat like deep fried pulled pork on like sushi rice. I don't, I don't fucking know. I don't fucking know who that is. I'll find out tomorrow. But yeah, so thank God this isn't real Thanksgiving. This is Thanksgiving. But seriously, there's this weird way where it's like nothing says celebrating America less than eating in a Guy Fieri restaurant. Is, is I know, but in a really weird way, nothing says it more oh, as well. I know. Exactly. You're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's, it's just... How do you celebrate America is an interesting question for everyone. And I think bringing Guy Fieri into there 
is celebrating part of America. Yeah, maybe, exactly. not, part, maybe not part of an America you would consider yourself part of normally. Yeah, but exactly, yeah. exactly. I'm looking forward to being able to use his restroom and and pee through a deep fried glory hole, and that too will be a celebration <laughs> of America. Perhaps I'll be lucky, and Jean Bolriard will come and put like a you know the slaughterhouse bolt through my head. Uh, we're, um, we're, what's going to happen is we're going to get comments from people who are like, "Fuck you, I love guy it's beer. Good. Diners, drive-ins, and dives is my favorite television." You show. know, it may well work. It may well be. I don't know. I'm kind of the worst part is I bet we will talk. I want to say next week, but let's face it, it'll be 72 hours. We'll talk 72 hours <laughs> afterwards, and you'll be like, "So how was it?" I'll be like, "God damn it, it was actually pretty fucking." good exactly i love guy fieri now i thought he was a fat buffoon but it turns out he's a culinary genius of a fat buffoon (laughs) exactly exactly right before they give you the check they they make you open your mouth and they just sort a a noogie saw a nog oh god i can't even pronounce it (laughs) oh my god a noogie a noogie It is. I it's saw in particular is like this weird song that just bumps people's heads. I love that idea. Yeah, exactly. Let's make that happen. Instead of eel, it's it's like nougat on like uh, rice. Anyway, let's move away. Let's let let us speak of it no further. Um, uh, okay, so listeners, what we're doing is uh, we're recording earlier than we normally record. Normally, we're recording Thursday. Today's Wednesday as we're recording. Yeah. Uh, the reason we're recording and the reason we're doing a short one is. Otherwise, you wouldn't hear a podcast from us for two weeks. After our ridiculous amount of activity between <laughs> last week's and then the House Astonish, you then wouldn't hear from us for two weeks, and we felt guilty. That's right. So we're, we're recording a really short sort of like, hey, Thanksgiving special. By special, we mean shorter than normal podcast. <laughs> right. Well, it really is. It is that kind of, yeah. We're, we are. We're doing the special thing backwards. Normally, special means like, you know, double sized. And we're like half sized. Honestly, long. a lot of people might find that extra special. If it wasn't for the fact that we're already 12 minutes into it and haven't talked comic books yet. You know what I mean? No, like, they're like. Batsgiving. We said Batsgiving. We mentioned that, that existence. Well, okay. So let's talk about bats giving for like two seconds do you have any theories about uh any of those things any do you uh, have any see. teasers jim, ideas theories? jim gordon is in handcuffs so oh, they're probably gonna him yeah he's uh they're probably going to get him out of the uh commissioner's chair for a while right um harper row is in there as is i've been told stephanie brown but we already knew she was going to appear mm-hmm Let's see what else is there. Someone pointed out the all of the pers- uh, perspective lines leads to Catwoman's butt, which is kind of hilarious. Ah, uh, yes. Um, you know, thanks, Jason Fabok. Um, Jason Fabok's art in general is kind of fascinating because it's so David Finchy and so not David Finchy at the same time. Right. It's like they are DC's genetically modifying artists. <laughs> you know, they're like we've we've created a David Finch, mm-hmm. but if just be like less frowny and less like you know, little marks in their faces. What if we mix them with, like, uh, what if we put some Tony Daniel in there and then get some Phil Jimenez? Uh, just to see what happens with that. We'll call him Jason Fabok. That sounds like a real name. And then, you know, he's drawing Detective Monthly. Go! Right, exactly. And this, you know, malformed. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> hand in a vat. You know, exactly. it's... Mm. Can you do 20 pages a month? Go! Go! You have all you... It's like, I have a Wacom tablet. I must scream. So, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's funny. I looked at it and I was like, huh, I have to say, 
for whatever reason, I had that weird mix of, like, wherever they picked up, like, they ripped off those Sopranos ads of, like, oh, we're going to do, like, classical art, but with our characters in them and with mysterious spoilers. I still like that. I It's cheesy. It's old. Like, oh, it's, with DC, I, I don't even trust them, but I I like it. I really when do. I, when I saw the image, because it's actually in the last two pages of this week's DC Comics. Oh, is it? And so I saw it, uh, which is, you know, Great timing, because Thanksgiving's next week, DC. I, I was about to say, Scooby-Doo team-up hastens to disagree with you, but uh, but yeah, I see what you're saying. Uh, but that's a Johnny DC comic. Yeah. Not oh, a, yeah, here we go. Happy Thanksgiving. You're right. Wrong week. Here it is. Full-size. God, because yeah, all which, I've seen is in these... Which I love. Yeah. I love this the week before. Because here's the thing. Normally, Thanksgiving is the third week of November. It's the third... <laughs> third. So they, were, they probably planned it like months in advance, and no one was like, wait, have you actually checked the calendar for when Thanksgiving is this year? Oh, no, it's always the third Thursday in November. Okay, then. <laughs> Somebody checks, like, checks schedule last week. They're like, son of a bitch. God we're, we're damn it. Early. <laughs> um... But I saw it in the comic, and I th- I thought it was hilarious. I really did. I was I didn't realize at that point, like you know, this is a teaser for anything. I was like, this is just a hilarious because for some reason, Batman in that image makes me laugh so fucking much. It is. It's hilarious. I really am. I'm like, why is he sitting cross-legged and feeling up a turkey with his hand in his crotch? There's but just everything the, about the, it. It's great. It's like Alfred is like. Do you think this turkey's done? Batman's just like squeezing it, going it up. That another twenty minutes. Yeah, exactly. Also, their fire behind them is giving off so much smoke. It's like something has gone wrong. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No, everything about it is pretty funny, except for the Joker's daughter under the table, which I'm just kind of like, I guess they didn't couldn't draw her being swept under a carpet. I don't, I don't know. It was just. Oh, she's here to stay now that she's a big hit. Jeff. She's a big hit. I thought everybody Every, agreed to pretend that never happened. Oh, apart from the sales figures, Jeff. Awful <laughs> <laughs> box office. Freak, freaked out psychopaths wearing other people's faces are hot! Exclamation mark. <laughs> you know, I really do hope that you working for Variety for longer gets you better. Like, you clearly want to start speaking you know, variety speak. Like, clearly. Powerful! Yeah, exactly. But you don't have any of that biffs, lifts, walks, knocks, you know, or any, you know, the stuff. Oh, God. Here's the thing. I will eventually get that, and then I won't be able to get rid of it. It's horrible. These things get inside your brain, and then you can't, and you're writing, and you're like, oh, shut up, me. I can't believe I just wrote that. But it's a pun, and it's there. I I should go for it. I should go for it. If I don't do it, someone else should. Yeah, it's terrible. terrible. I know. Um, It's like hoping you get rabies. I feel terrible for wishing it on you, but... (laughs) Thanks. Thanks for hoping I get rabies. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying... I'm saying I wish that you could write like that, even though it would be like... Yeah, it's true. I Um Anyway, Happy Thanksgiving is really funny to me, and so I am all in favor, and I hope we get lots of them. Yeah. I, I hope next week's is a Hanukkah one. Oh, that would be great. Uh, and it can be like it could be Wonder Woman Hanukkah. <laughs> um, and then I think it should I, be Wonder Woman Kwanzaa myself, just because I think that that's kind of no Lois Lane Kwanzaa because she at least has the experience of having been curious. Open brackets black exclamation point close brackets. Yeah, wait, did the I was pretty sure the exclamation point came outside the brackets. But I'm actually not sure there's an exclamation point at all. Even if <laughs> oh, come on, it's comic books. That's that's like the no-brainer. You would totally think that that was... Anyway, yeah, exactly. Uh, do you want to know something hilarious? So I'm typing into Google, and 
honestly, again, as far as I am curious, and the prompt goes, I'm curious, Black Lois Lane. No way. Okay, Google pretty much has your thing bugged. I'm now going to type it and see what No, no, it's, I think it's just for me. I'm not sure it's for everyone. Because exactly. that's so, it's so specific. It is, I am curious, open brackets, black, close brackets, exclamation point. Okay, there we go. Which I had never read, apart from it's in the it's in the Lois Lane, a celebration of seventy five years hardcover. Oh man! So I, I have not read it. It's spectacular, and I really hope that DC didn't cut a page out of it in the hardcover because if they didn't, it ends in the most hilariously <laughs> ridiculous way. Really? It it. I honestly thought that they, they've cut a page out of it for the the um, hardcover reprint. Otherwise, it really does end with nothing resolved whatsoever. Well, basically, uh, yeah. Basically, she's like, "Oh, I feel a weird tingling. I'm white again." The end. <laughs> it's so great. It's, it's kind of it's kind of like the end of Jack Kirby's OMAC. They like cut the last, um, you know, panel where she's like, "Privilege." <laughs> but it's so great. I, I I I was genuinely surprised that it lives up to everything you've seen about that comic. Really? Wow. Oh, it really does. See, it's... I do wish that I kind of would, you know, had the sort of um, was being so crazy with my money because I would pick up that hardcover if it was a soft. Oh, I, I have to say, I I really liked it. Uh, DC sent me the the Superman and Lois Lane celebration hardcovers, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the Superman one is eh, in part because you've read all of these stories before, right? None of the stories are surprising. It's everything you'd expect, right? Um, but the Lois Lane one. Is really interesting because there's not like you you don't have a like well obviously they'd have to put X Y and Z Lois Lane stories in right and, and so there's like sort of gets a range you know what I mean like there's going to be like a Kurt Schroffenberger Lois Lane story or two like that's kind of yeah so so basically what it is it's got the very first Superman story where Lois Lane is of course absolutely kick ass right she's Complete, she really is completely bitchy Clark, and you kind of love her for it. Mm -hmm. Then they have three Lois Lane backups from like 1944 or something, mm -hmm. uh, and they're amazing. Mm -hmm. They are so, so great because it's before Lois has been turned into the lovelorn character. And so each of the three backups, because they're, they're all four pages each, mm -hmm. each of the three backups has exactly the same plot which is someone in the Daily Planet decides to fuck with Lois and tell her she has to do a job. She goes to do the job, which is always something really innocuous. Like, you've got to go and sample this bakery. You've got to go and see this circus, whatever. And in doing so, she uncovers a, a plot, a criminal plot, that she then thwarts herself. Mm -hmm. While saying something like, oh, I wish Superman was here. But you get the idea that she's saying it purely because she's like, I can't be bothered dealing with it. <laughs> right, right. But she does it so, so well herself. And then the end of each story is all the men going, we were wrong for giving you shit. Aww. It's so great. Like, That's awesome. So, so great. Then you have the like 1950s, like, oh, how will Superman ever marry me? Blah, blah, blah stories. Right. And then you have I'm Curious Black, and then you have the like the Burden reboots, and then a terrible Jeff Loeb comic, yeah. uh, and then some other stuff. But they have a Catherine Imogen, Imogen oh. story short in there, which is lovely and really makes me wish that Catherine Eminem was doing a Lois Lane comic. Uh, and they've also got the... Um, I think they've got two different versions of the Silver Age, you know, uh, what if Lois Lane and Superman got married stories as well. Mm, nice, nice. Including the Earth 2 one, which quote-unquote stuck. Ah, uh, right, right. 
Yeah. Hey, who, uh, it's, it's, when, where did you know where the the original where that Catherine Eminem one originally ran? Because I'm. I it's need... a, an eighty-page special. Uh, let's see. Uh, I want to say it was the eighty-page special from the from two thousand twelve. Oh, okay. Right, right, right. Around the same time they did that Jimmy Olsen one that Abbey was in. Yes. Interesting. Uh, or maybe no, it's from two thousand ten. Huh. Superman Giant, Superman Eight Base Giant Issue One, two thousand ten. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. You know, I just had this thing. It would probably never work because of the way that they do things. But I am sort of like, if they did like a Superman Family Digital Weekly, you know, where it was just rotated through like Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen. You know, and and I don't know, even Supergirl and stuff like that, and it, it had more of that Silver Age flavor. I would totally be all over that. Someone, uh, some British comic blog that I sadly cannot remember the name of at all, uh, was recently making the suggestion that after Batman Eternal got announced, mm-hmm. they're like, "Why doesn't DC just do 2080? Like they tried it, it with Ash Comics Weekly way back when, and it didn't really work. Right. But why don't you just do a weekly where you have four shorts and you ro- rotate them in and out?" I would love to see them do something like that with the Superman family. Well, see, so my thing with the digital is just that belief that they, I'd like to believe they've got a lower break, break even rate. You know what I mean? Uh, it, you know, well, also it's, it's a different editorial office. Right. Right. I guess that's, I, that, which that is helps. True. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah it, it, the DC digital is under DTE, which is the West coast office, which right. is under Hank canals, as opposed to, DC Comics, which is under Bob Harris. Right, which is why you see some very different dudes under there, I suppose. But Which yeah. is great. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just sort of a, a thing. I don't know. It's, it's, believe me, the, the idea of... I, 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 DC has been committed to trying to make... I'll be really curious to see how Batman Forever or Eternal or whatever it is ends up, ends up working. Because... Because there is that thing of, like, 52, I think, was a big hit for them. Of course, Countdown was much less so. <laughs> was not. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think there's kind of an idea of... I think DC seems a lot more committed to the weekly comic concept than, say, Marvel appears to. Mm-hmm. I mean, but... Um, so we'll see. You know, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Part, part of me, I would love to see that sort of thing. Um, but again, as much, which is ironic, because as much as I am so totally in love with the 2080, 2080 format, I, I still don't think the majority of Americans would be down for it. I really don't. So, I, I can totally see that. I think it would have to be really well done, yeah. for want of a better way of putting it. I, I think it, you would have to have a creative team like I think if they did it and they said okay but your first like the lead strip in each issue is Jeff Johns and Jim Lee right exactly then it would work exactly I think you need, I think you need that sort of excuse quote unquote yeah and and then you know and then literally follow it up with that sort of same sort of level of like okay and here comes the Jeff Loeb Tim Sale you know and then meanwhile you, you know you just sort of pack something so that there's something for everyone in the deck you know a shade the change man story by peter milligan you know and and somebody great you know well that just that, like you say you know so here's your uh your jim lee jeff johns uh thing and it's a cyborg solo comic so it's got a justice league tie-in like right. this will impact the future of the justice league mm-hmm. there's your thing you then have shade with milligan and Pascal Ferry. 
Right. Ooh, nice. Uh, then you have Al Ewing doing Sugar and Spike. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. I said Doom Patrol. The sugar spike would be far better. <laughs> um, and then you have something more generic, for one of a better way of putting it. Right. Yeah. I mean, something that's a little mid-listy, like you know, like a. I would. I would totally do. Uh, like, if they wanted to cover the bases, totally do an Arrow um, comic that would tie into the TV series. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, you know, something kind of, or, you know, and some, and then maybe a blue beetle comic or something like that, you know, and then you could just sort of rotate, have them set for different speeds so that they vary, you know, kind of in and out. Um, I don't know. Uh, this is great because of course I'm like, Oh, so many possible comics I can talk about now from the stuff that I've read as opposed to the stuff that I've bought. Cause I, okay. Talk about stuff that you've read. Go Scooby-Doo team up number one. Uh, it's really good, right? It's really good. It's really good. It's exactly everything that I wanted. It's unsurprising that it's Shelly Fish writing it, you know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, Shelly Fish, he's good. In fact, I really am. I don't know why he hasn't been cherry-picked for a new 52 book, you know, or maybe he's well, trying to dodge that, he, but... Well, he did. For, he did the action backups for Yeah, so yeah, long. yeah, but that's not the same thing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think. I mean, it'd be one thing if... Because that would be the next stage up. Like, as far as I know, it's not like... It's like he did the backups handpicked by Grant Morrison. Yeah, and he was handpicked by Grant Morrison. So the story goes. And then once Grant Morrison was gone, he disappeared, right? Yeah. Yeah, so... He I did, mean, he did uh, a couple of the Villains Month one-shots. One-shots, right, right. But he's not like James Tyrion for... Is it Tyrion? Tinyan? I don't know. Um, is anyone? <laughs> yes, in fact, we all are. Anyway, Scooby-Doo team up number one, fantastic in that it has them meet Batman and Robin. They all reference their previous uh, meeting from back in the 70s on the TV show, which is great. It's and got... in such a great way as well. Yeah. It's such a, a wink to the, the audience who will recognize that. And to, like, no one else will get it. But right. they, uh, to spoil the joke, they basically make a thing about, yeah, last week it was lot, back then. It felt like we were meeting people every week. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then, and then with Batman saying, I know the feeling, which was great because he's got a couple of Brave and the Bold jokes in there, too. So... Yeah, I, I, all of it was incredibly fun. It went by super quick, but it had like enough laughs. Um, and it really is. It's one of those things where it's like I'm so looking forward to giving this to June, my uh, three-year-old niece. She's, I think, mm-hmm. she, I think she's just going to poop her pants. Hopefully not literally, because that that could well, yeah, possibly she, happen. Yeah, she's not that young. I'm yeah, just yeah, saying. That, that's true. That she, is. True. She should have that under control by now. Well, you know. Grand. <laughs> Don't pressure them. It took me a while. Let's put it that way. So yeah. here's the sad thing about this comic. Uh, it's bi-monthly. Yeah, bi-monthly miniseries or something. Yeah. You know, it's it's like. Do you not feel wish that it should be monthly? I don't know. I'm very torn. I mean, part of me is like, bi- I was like miniseries. So how many issues? Once it's ending, like it's not really clearly delineated. I felt like anywhere here that this was a limited thing. You know, so I only I already felt like there was some some bet hedging. You know. Um, also, I'm sad that Batman. Uh, it seems to just be uh, Scooby Doo and Batman because the second issue is Batman as well. Is it really? Yeah. Because oh, I because I, I even went to the uh, you know it doesn't say specifically next issue. I mean because the back page is them talking about issue number one of Scooby Doo Team Up again. 
Yeah, no, I, I went to the internet. Oh, and to look. Second okay. issue says, holy overactive imagination. When Scarecrow attacks using his fear gas, ah, only humans are affected, okay. leaving Batman, Robin, and the Mystery Incorporated gang trapped facing monsters from their own imaginations. Now it's up to, this would make you very happy, Canine Crusaders, Scooby Doo, and Ace the Bat Hound ah, to see, save the day. That's great. That is great, but yeah, no, I actually did want rotation, because my hope was if they move through all the Superman, the, the DC animated properties. I was like, oh, man, if there's a Scooby-Doo Wonder Woman team up, again, like, she's going to be excited by this, but that would be the one where I think she would just be really happy, you know? Oh, no, I, I completely agree. And it would seem like the perfect place to do that. Mm-hmm, 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 exactly. I mean, even just the fact that they've got, you know, it is, it's amazing. There's kind of a sort of contextless uh, aura to the DC Kids books, at least this one, because they had that two thing, two page spread of, you know, Plastic Man, and I'm like, oh hey, the Pliant Paladin, okay, and they've got all these things, and there's no info. I'm like, is this a book? Is this a comic? Where like, it's it's cartoon? a tie, it's a tie to the cartoon. Yeah, but they don't even say it. Then there's that great like, you know, profile, the world's most boring profile of the, you know, the secret files page for Adam Strange, which is great. Did you see that one too? Yes, yes. I love that. It's like, because they've got like spacesuit and it points to the spacesuit. They've got jetpack and then they're having some problems because the jetpack's on there, but you only see a quarter of an inch. So it looks like they're pointing to his lower back. And then there's just this free floating ray gun because they didn't draw him with a ray gun. There's no ray gun. Visible. He's got a ray gun, you guys. Seriously. Why don't you think this guy's name is Ray Gun? Like it's it's almost oh more of a, you know. Oh my God. You have to do a, like retro superhero called Ray Gun. <laughs> Jeff, go. That's right. That's right. Be prudent to like go conquer the world. So, and it was strange. Um, did you get this digitally, or did they send you a copy? This they sent me a copy. It was it was one of the very strange selection of DC comps this week. Oh man, I can only imagine. Did you? Was it? I gotta admit, I was a little whacked out seeing that Lego Marvel Heroes ad, like in the middle of the DC book. Really? I, yeah, I don't know why. I was just like, wow. I think because it's, I mean, it's Legos, but it is so Marvel. Yeah, like, yeah. like really, like, hey. And I'm like, okay. I'm part of me is like, that's great. There's, I believe me, if that game ever comes out, like I've forsworn myself on video games, but man, do I want it's, that sucker out on like an, an iOS device. I was, was going to say, it's out. It's not an, an iOS. It's yeah. also the um, Lego Marvel Superheroes cartoon is on Netflix. Wow. Really? Jesus. Yes. Yeah. And it is fun enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was quite clearly constructed as like, you know, three minute segments and they've strung them all together to make like 25 minutes or something. Right. But, uh, it's, it's fun enough. Yeah. Okay. So actually that's a perfect segue. Speak fun enough with a question mark thrown in. Pretty well describes Harley Quinn number zero, which I also picked oh, up. Yeah. That's a really weird book, right? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I mean, it's really weird. There are parts I loved about it. Yeah. Uh, I think my favorite joke is, having uh, Amanda Connor and Jim Palmiotti actually shit on Jim Lee for doing the reprint page yeah. in the comic. Yeah, that was actually <laughs> really funny. Amazing. Yeah. Um, but it's such a weird... Like, it doesn't hang together at all. They might as well have just caused it the Harlequin pin-up special. Right, exactly. Well, and they sort of they sort of make it sound like it's a jam book, and I'm like... They even mention on the front with all the things, like, okay, I'm getting... Like, sort of, there's a little bit of the you've been warned, but 
A, I was shocked by the lack of story, and B, I have to honestly say I was um, I was surprised at kind of how not funny it was. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's funny in a Deadpool way, which is not actually funny. But like, see, the, no, see, all right, really? Yeah, I, I was going to say Deadpool for me is incredibly not I mean modern Deadpool Deadpool as he has done today oh okay well I, I haven't been following him much although I think I looked at that one Hibbs handed me that one issue where he's like it's totally done in the styles of 70s comic or whatever I, I see this is my thing I was like oh it's like ambush bug except not funny you know what I mean like to me but, it's but just really a, that I think I think these days Deadpool and a lot, lots of other things but I'm going to for some reason target Deadpool and Harley Quinn for this right. have come up with this idea that being self-referential and meta is inherently amusing. Right. And I, it's not enough to be like, I'm on a comic, you guys! Yes. Yeah, I agree. Well, I mean, that was my problem with it. A lot of it was kind of like, oh, ha, 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 like, very, like, we're in on the joke, we're in on the joke! And it's like, but there's no there's no joke there. Like, it's not even, it's not even up to the levels of, I don't know, family guy, like hey, look at me, meta, this is an amusing thing. So I, I really had some problems with that. Like, I picked it up because, I don't know, I had that weird, like, I really want to... I, I, I want to like this. I want to like it. I want to like it. I flipped through it. Some of the art's lovely. And there is that thing where I'm like, uh, Amanda Connor Amanda Connor doing a, a, a monthly comic again is something that I do want to support, even if she just appears for a couple of pages of this, you mm. know? But, she is um well she's only co writing this one. She's not she's not doing the art rolling forward on this? No, no. Chai Tartan is the guy who actually the guy who does the last page is the guy who's doing the art. Ah, uh, okay. Because they made it sound like, oh hey, this Ex- guy except exactly. they make the joke about mm-hmm. and he's going to need a fill in by the second issue. Mm-hmm. Which is also super weird. Like it's a real it's like issue zero is apologizing for itself so much already. Yeah. That you kind of have the sense of, oh, this is going to be a car crash. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, I, I don't know. I, um... Yeah, I had some... But, but you know, the Becky Glennon page is lovely. The Darwin Cook page is great. You yeah, know, there, there's, there's, there's some great pages. bits in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, even, even the Amanda Connor page looks fabulous. Um, there's a few other pieces. I even kind of liked, in, in terms of, like, oh, sure, it's absolute cheesecake, but the Jeremy Roberts page looked good. You know, you mean the page that won him that contest? Is that is that the contest winning page? Because it seems like they it's, it's they contest, changed like, the context. They changed well, they changed a panel. Didn't they change at least two panels? No, they changed a panel. Oh they my changed god, the last panel. Okay, so they've got him. No, oh, so I thought they changed both the bathtub panel and I thought there was another panel. There is no bathtub panel. There's no bathtub panel, so that's changed. But I thought the other but panel I, was... I think that's it. I think the, what they did was they changed the bathtub panel to the rocket panel, and that's it. Because there was never any script with the page. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I have to say, that I thought that that was the page, but I'm like, no, no, I was looking for the panel, for one thing. And the other is the rest of the context. They also changed whatever I think, because then they released what their plan, the original script was, and it was clearly entirely different. So, and then they changed it again. So, yeah, DC. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, I was, I was, um, uh, I suddenly felt like Bill Bill Cosby there. I was Jello Putin Pop. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Oh my God! I keep forgetting how much I love your Bill Cosby. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
makes me so happy. Uh, yeah, it was a really, really strange comic. Although, here's the thing. So, DC sent me uh, Scooby-Doo team up, Harley Quinn issue zero, <laughs> and Batwoman Bat issue 25. Right? You obviously didn't buy Batwoman issue 25. Batwoman issue 25, everyone remembers, is the first non-J.H. Williams uh, Hayden Blackman issue. Oh, wow. Therefore, it's the one that's going to have a lot of eyeballs on it. It's a zero-year tie-in, so a lot more eyeballs to on it for that. It's the issue that, let's face it, you don't want to fuck up. Right. Shall, shall we just put it that way? That's why they maturely didn't fuck up by having four pencilers on it. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Whose styles don't exactly mesh. Oh, man. What yeah, the it's, fuck? Oh, my yeah, God. It's, it's clearly a comic where they're like, we have to get this out on time. We have fired these guys. Uh, we're going to have a busy uh, year tie-in. Okay, just who who's available to draw it? Literally, who's available right now, you know? Yeah, and I, uh, I don't have the issue in front of me. Whoever colors it does their best to paper over the cracks and actually does a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's like three pages by Pat Olaf in there that is completely out of style with everything else in the comic. Wow. And you're kind of like, if this colorist hadn't really made an effort to try and like color it in the same style, right. you'd be wondering what the fuck had happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the sad thing is... It's not even that well written. <laughs> Who's writing it, by the way? Who, who uh, Mark and Draco. Oh, uh, uh. he's he's trying his best, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. one of those things that I think there'd be a lot of flop sweat with the first issue anyway. Yeah. The sweat that is a first issue, and it's a crossover, and it happened six years before the series, and therefore, you know, there's so much that can't be there. Right. Exactly. Uh, and it's it's just like there's there's. You get the idea that Kate Kane's proactive. She's not come out yet, so she's still in military academy. She's still like friends with her dad, yada yada yada. But like, she meets Maggie Sawyer. Mm-hmm. What? First time. Yeah, exactly. And like, they have a meet cute where they both look at each other, and it's like, oh, that's horrible. That is really bad. <laughs> really clumsy, horrible. Oh. Like, yeah, that you did not need to do that at all. And also, it weirdly cheapens their later meeting. Right. Exactly. <laughs> they're extraordinarily underwhelming later meeting wow okay well hmm. so yeah it's 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 kind of sad it really is because i feel that a lot of people would have been paying attention to this comic mm-hmm. and it's it just they kind of it's, it's kind of like don't look at me <laughs> well it's not even kind of like don't look at me it's like oh my god oh my god oh my god you're all gonna be looking you're all gonna be looking you're all gonna be looking uh, what should i do <laughs> Uh, that is not good. Yeah. Hey, what else did you read, Jeff? Okay, I read Sex Criminals Issue 3. Um, How is it? It is good. Uh, it is It is good. I actually... Are you back on Sex Criminals train? I, I'm back on the sex... Well, I was... I was I've been, I think I've been slowly getting on the Sex Criminals train. Because I wasn't down with Issue 1, oh, but sure, I think you, I said I liked 2. Issue 2 was better, yeah. Yeah, I did. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And three is good, too, actually. I mean, it's very... Um, it's... it's Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's it's one of those things where there's a, there's a musical sequence that's so... A musical number that's so totally, like, just just punches through the fourth wall. But does it, like, by... Compa- like comp- That could be part of it. Reading it after Harley Quinn number zero, it's like, oh, this these guys are 
comedy gold, you know. And I think, honestly, I think they're quite funny. I think, uh, um, so it looks like it's coming together for me. I still don't, it helps that it was like more back issue stuff. It's more the stuff with the couple before they, you know, before they robbed the bank uh, and them hanging out. Uh, I appreciate the fact that uh, somebody in there gets a very brief story about the um, their gay experience. There is really totally funny Morrissey stuff that actually works great. Works great, actually. A lot of my complaints about the second issue, I feel in some ways, are more addressed about the third issue. I feel like it's getting a little bit closer to the... You know, my complaint about the, the idea that it's like, well, of course, sex is a completely alienating, you know, experience that you suffer through because it just reminds you of how alone you are, you know, kind of thing that I didn't buy into is like an automatically, as a given, they are laying down a bit more groundwork for that, I think, you know, mm-hmm. by talking about their sexual histories and by having having the, uh, what's his name, go through the, the sexual history, his sexual history a little bit more. Uh, of actually having sex, I'm like, oh, okay, hey, this, it, it can't, it's just so much closer to working. Plus, it's a little bit of the, um, to me, it's a little bit of the Brian K. Vaughn gimme. Like, I'm like, a lot of it is, like, if, if it's the closest that I'm going to get, uh, to Matt Fraction just having scenes where people can, like, say clever things in real world settings. You know what I mean? Like, so, mm-hmm even without the time boners stuff, you know, this, the scenes of the couple like texting one another were, were actually really great. So it's just, it's, it's feeling like it's really hitting its stride. There's uh there's that mix of like, maybe it's not trying too hard or maybe I just don't feel like I'm being, you know, kind of shoved so, so much down its path, but, or maybe it's, but it, I also just feel like it's better. Like the letters page was better. The intro page was better. Like everything's just sort of, it's picking up, you know, and Zdarsky is great. So between the colors and the storytelling, um, it's just, it's a good, strong book. I just really enjoyed it. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm at the point now where I think this was the issue where I was like, okay, yeah, I will recommend this and actually tell people that they should, you know, grab the earlier issues or whatever so um or whatever a little bit of qualification <laughs> in there no i i think uh and i've never read the third issue mm-hmm. but if it is an improvement on the second i can totally see this something that in the collection will be great mm-hmm. 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 you know again great in a weird uh self-conscious and telling and yet completely worthwhile way if that makes sense yeah yeah, exactly. So I'm very, I'm very curious. I'm very curious to see what you have to say. I'm very curious in a way to have you look at it and see, because part of me is like, yeah, I like it much more. And so I think if you read it and you also dig it, then I think that's a good sign. Um, but I can also, I sort of have this idea of you like picking it up and being like, yeah, this works less well for me, you know, in reasons that I can't pin down because, because you're you. I was going to say my contrarianness. Exactly. Well, you, if you liked it, fuck you, it's worse. <laughs> exactly. It's too oh, bad I... you like oversold me on the hype for this. I really wanted to like this. So... Oh, I, to- I totally had like, am I just being contrarian or what is going on today? Um, Rachel from Wired watched S.H.I.E.L.D. last mm-hmm. night, the, the, the Thor Tyne episode. Oh, right. And sent me an email and she was like, this is really good. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, you know, 
maybe it's it's really come on. Maybe it's it's you know this is what it needed. Maybe this is the episode. Right. And it's like you know Rachel's good, great taste. Rachel's you know mm-hmm. Rachel loves the Thor the Simonson Thor stuff as much as I do. Like this could be great. And then I watched it. And I was like, no, this is terrible. <laughs> This is this is just as bad as it's always been. This isn't good at all. And then this moment of like, is it really not good, or is like there's weird some weird contrarianism that's kicking in that I don't even know is kicking in? Is this actually good that I just like decided that it's not good and I will never let myself like it? What is going on here? Right, right. Yeah, that's a those are tough. Like you have those weird things where you're just yeah where. Yeah, you where you want to where you want to really commit, where you want to like it, and but you're also aware that there's part of you that's even doubting as you go in, and you wonder if that's what's throwing you off, you know. So, um, but it it, it it'll be curious. I, I, of course, I didn't see see it, so I can't talk about it, nor have seen any episode. But what what's the what's the hibbity blib online? Are people generally like, oh, uh, this was I, better? I, I have- I haven't seen the blip, but I have seen that the ratings went up. So you know, maybe that's a good sign for them. No, oh, well, goddammit, it, it better jump up a lot because I mean, they're basically we're tying it into the number one movie of you know. No, the it, weekend. it's not. It's it's not jumping up a lot. Yeah, see, and that's what I think. It's like that's what I think it's like up. jumping up a point one of a, a percent or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But you it's, know, it's up, Jeff. It's been dropping right. perilously. Like even just leveling out is good. Sure, sure. So we'll see what happens. You know, honestly, I was thinking about this last week, I guess, or maybe it was actually, maybe it was while we were talking about stuff on uh, House to Astonish. Um, Is that thing of like, you know, fantasy series have a tough, I don't know, row to hoe or whatever, you know, like even if they, in some cases, I feel like it's almost better to be the underdog for the first season and grow because I'm thinking of all those seasons that just started huge and then really st- start to bleed viewers in the second season, you know? So, yeah, well, I mean, you know, Heroes the, Heroes is a great example of that. And, that right. it, you know, it started really slow in the first season. Then midway through, everyone was like, wait, this show's actually good. And then by the second season, everyone was just waiting to hate it. Yeah. yeah and yeah. then it provided plenty of reasons. To well, see, it. that's it. I mean, I really went into second season being like, okay, how bad can it be? You know, I mean, I think it really, I, I it's tough. Heroes is a tough one in that regard. But I do think of something like the X-Files, where X-Files took, you know, if, if X-Files had been huge in their first season, they would have been, they would have been dead by the third season. You know, mm-hmm. they just would have. Whereas I think that being able to be to grow slowly they turned into just such a goliath there for a while um what's really funny for me is i remember watching the first season of x-files um and being so into it so amazingly into it. i remember watching the season finale and just being like holy shit what have they done right. this is amazing my mind has been blown and I'm fairly sure I didn't even make it into two episodes into the second season. Really? And I couldn't tell you why. I just remember watching the first episode and being like, I don't care. <laughs> I just don't care. Right. Right. Yeah, you know, I have to say, I've never tracked it closely enough to see when I came in on X-Files. I was somewhere, I was not that classic, like, I wasn't bleeding edge i was cutting edge you know or something like that i was not i wasn't i wasn't one of the first adapters i'm almost certain i did not even bother to watch a, an episode in the first season um 
And that was something that friends were like, no, you should check it out, you know. But I don't know where I jumped in on the second season. And I can't. Actually, weirdly enough, I can also kind of see that idea of... Because it took a while for them to figure out... And I think they really, in so many ways, did such a good job of figuring out the mythology episodes to the Monster of the Week episodes. Mm. You know? Like, they really... Un, you know, until until it just became apparent they were fucking with us. You know that it was it was kind of uh, it was a, it was an achievement. It was an achievement. Um, but yeah, I just kind of have this thing of like Agents of Shield. I mean, admittedly, maybe it's expensive, and I think uh, Paul pointed out like it's trying for a very different audience than sort of the Marvel hardcore audience. But I don't. I don't know. If nothing else, I just assume that they're paying a fuck ton of money for it. So. You know, maybe they're going to figure out a way to really milk the nerd market. You know, to 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 bring it to be able to bring it back to a second season, and then maybe they'll figure out what the fuck they're doing. I don't. I don't know. I was listening to the uh, Word Balloon podcast with that, and it's with Jeff Loeb. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, you've got to accept it's Jeff Loeb. B, it's someone doing. It's a Marvel person doing an interview, so they're never going to be like, "Well, you know, we've had some speed bumps." But um, right. he seemed so happy with the way things were going mm-hmm. and so confident that they've got this right. Shit. Okay. That um, part of me is like, yeah, I, I, think, I think they're probably completely fine. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think they think everything's fine. And here's the thing. Maybe it is. Like, maybe ABC has already said, like, you're definitely getting a first season like, they give them the back nine order and said, we will transmit all of these no matter how low the ratings get. You can't tank. We, you know, we have the corporate relationship, whatever. Right. Like, we don't know. Right. But um, if, I don't, if if A, the show, and B, the ratings don't change yes. and improve mm-hmm. sometime soon, right. it's going to get into a danger zone. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. what would be a danger zone for other shows? Oh yeah, 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 completely, completely. Um, although I don't know, you know, sometimes they have that weird like, is Revolution coming back? Is it back on the air? Is it still on the air? I don't remember. I, I, I don't think it's back yet. I, it is coming back. There's right. definitely a second season out there somewhere. So, and I mean, and its ratings were pretty good until it shit the bed. So, you know. Maybe there's just maybe there's just a, a new concept. Maybe there's that whole like, well, wait and see. Like it started strong. Maybe we can get the. Maybe we can get it back. Yeah, maybe we can get it back. Maybe the the special edition DVD sales are good. Um, Afterlife with Archie number two, great. I really enjoyed it. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, it's it's a surprisingly good book, right? Like yeah. the first issue was great. Yeah. But the second issue is great, and you have one of those moments of, huh. Maybe the first issue wasn't a fluke. Maybe this is just a really good comic. Right. Well, I think it's, you know, it's one of those things that, um, I guess that one of the things that I really like about it is, is that he's, is that they, well, there's a couple of things. There's just things where there's just creepy bits. Like the, the Jughead zombie is just creepy in a way that's great. The, the whole scene where Ethel gets bit and you get that full page sequence of the dropped apple. Like, is really strong. I mean, I love, I love um, Francesco Francavia, and he really, he gets to do it. You know, he gets to do what he wants with this. It's just, the coloring is fantastic, and they're just kind of going all the way. But even the stuff with, um, 
you know, the completely creepy thing with uh, Cherry Blossom and her brother or the far, far less creepy sort of touching thing going on with um, with Nancy and uh, Ginger. Like, you know, there's kind of like this idea of like, I like the idea that he's actually sort of taking um, the idea of like, oh, like, this is my chance to actually do a little bit of grown up because I'm because I'm doing like a mature readers Archie book, I'm going to bring some like a little bit of mature readershipness to it. You know what I mean? Like not a lot, not nothing that moves quite into the realm of gross fanfic yet, but you know, just enough to kind of make it to give you that feeling of like, you know, the idea that there's there's real characters involved. You know what I mean? So yeah, which I think is really necessary because I think you can only get you can only have so much. Um, iconic ex- icon exploitation, you know what I mean? You've got to actually have something that, that feels that you can actually kind of commit to. But, but yeah, like uh, Jughead, zombie Jughead, like, you know, hammering at the, at the gym locker door or whatever. That was just great. It was great. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's, I'm, I'm really surprised by how much I'm enjoying the book. Yeah. I, I, I think it's a really, really strong series and i kind of love that it plays off i guess what you'd expect like the end with the one of these kids is already infected but which one ending yeah like yeah. seems totally like old school archie mm-hmm. but because of everything you've just read right you have this moment of like dread when you see that yeah exactly you it's know? really it's great. like oh shit yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It really has that great. Yeah, it's it's a it's a little bit. It's a playful. It's a playful slap, but it's a little bit of a slap. Um, it was great. Uh, I like that. And then the Gray Morrow backup story, which yeah, it was great, right? Fantastic, like really fantastic. That was kind of a crazy thing to see. I was like, huh? Did they do some sort of version of creepy or eerie at some point? So I mean, if people want to see Gray Morrow doing crazy, you know, like Stan Drake, Neil Adams, Alex Toth, you know, and the best part is, is it's basically, um, you know, turtleneck and mutton chops Conan the Barbarian. That's the other thing that I adored about it, you know, is, is like the whole thing where he's like, you've got, you've got the cat burglar who's the cat and, you know, he's climbing up the giant phallus tower to break in and sneak up on the alchemist or whatever. And it's just the giant too short. tower is spectacular. <laughs> As it's meant to be. Uh, and, and, and yeah, it's just, it's like, I'm like, holy shit, this is fucking Conan. And then of course it goes somewhere else. But I just had that moment of like, <gasps> I want some of these mutton chop Conan. As, as of course I would, you know, it, but I yeah, just, but it's, I mean, but that's just that page. Like the rest of it, I'm totally seeing the, uh, the like a Warren magazine's influence. Yeah, exactly. Like, it it's like an of, like, Vampirella. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like it's like a backup. Like back when Vampirella was like an anthology issue. Yeah, no, the black and white of it, and um, and, and not just black and white. The black and white, like on the, because I I read a digital version. Mm-hmm. Like, and in the digital version, it's like sepia tone pages. Yes. It's, it's, so like they've they've mimicked the old newsprint on the reprint. Yeah, they did that uh, here but, too. But yeah. just enough mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for it to be obvious without overplaying it. Like it's not like oh, and there's you know the fake price symbol or anything. Yeah. It, and it, yeah, it all just adds to it. I think it's a great issue. Yeah, I I have to agree. I have to agree. Just terrific, and especially especially for two ninety nine. Hey, you know, 
Um, yeah, I was I was shocked when there was the backup, and I sh- I was sort of shocked that I enjoyed it. Because honestly, I did feel like I got a perfectly full installment of Afterlife with Archie, too. I didn't really feel like I'd been like, oh man, you know, they ran out of pages. Yeah, no, no, and they totally. To yeah, cheat it, you know. So it was kind of it was it really it was one of those weird, rare occasions where it's like, hey kids, here's a bonus story, and it actually felt like a bonus. So um, yeah, and then read. Yeah, exactly. And then finally, well, I should say finally, but at least finally in print, um, I read Mars Attacks, uh, Judge Dredd, um, issue three, which I'm still enjoying tremendously. You know, McRae's art is not really frying my burger, but holy smokes. Um, it's it's not, it's also not harshing my burger. I don't know. You know, I'm like, ah, shit, I, 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 I metaphored myself into a corner there but uh but the story itself there's some it's 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 good al ewing you know it's al ewing doing dread and figuring out ways to mix the mars attacks uh ethos into it but it's also just like really funny dread stuff so it's it's good i'm you know, gotta say <laughs> i liked it i mean i i wish i could could run you through the paces more, but I don't know how much time we have. I should also mention in passing that um, in a weird case of reverse serialization for me, I am picking up the individual issues of Tom Scioli's American Barbarian, which is being published. He's republishing as 99 cent issues on um, Comixology, so which I think is kind of a great idea. I like really enjoyed the trade uh, and then, you know, actually passed it along to somebody or somebody else. Um, and I was kind of like, but when I saw it, I was like, oh, 99 cents. I really want to support Sayoli. I And I kind of like the idea, you know me, I'm a sucker for it's like, oh, now I have it digitally. <laughs> Look at me. I, I am a popper, but I am rich in digital files that will disappear someday. Ho, ho, ho. Exactly. Then we'll be laughing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So anything anything else you want to throw in? Is there anything else that you did sort of get a chance to... Uh, yeah, I, I've been catching up on, on things from the library, as you love it when I do. I uh, do. Avengers Endless Wartime. Oh, man. Matt Turrell passed along a, a digital copy of that to me, and I have not read it. Uh, hey, Jeff, you should read it and see what you think. Oh, man. <laughs> Shit. Really? It's, oh, here's the thing. Uh, before I talk about the story, I want to talk about the actual book. Mm-hmm. It is an oversized hardcover. It is a very short book. In that it's an oversized hardcover and it's a very short book, it seems like the thinnest hardcover you've ever seen in your life. It actually looks like the two hardcovers are maybe thicker than what is between them. <laughs> I'm, I'm not exaggerating. Uh, when I was a kid, you used to get books, comic books, uh, the annuals. Yeah, the annuals. Co- I've seen right? some of those, yeah, with the hardcover yeah. and then, yeah. The... Um, and they were thicker than this book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so picking this up, I'm honestly, I was honestly like, what is this? Is this like, you know, two issues of a regular comic book between some hardcovers? How much is it? I thought, looking at the back, oh, it's $25. Holy shit. Shit, man. Um, so yeah, the format is perhaps not the best for it. And also, with all the best will in the world to make McCone's art, there is no reason for this to be oversized. Right. There is no reason for this to be oversized. Well, in fact... I- 
I think it would look better in regular comic size. I actually can see that. I was going to say, like, one of the things is actually sort of nice about, for me, I like Mike McCone's art, and one of the things that I like about it is, is that it's sort of tidy and comic book sized. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it reads very strangely at this size. Oh, as I said, I think it would also just read very strangely at any size. There are There's some really weird staging here. This is possibly the most static McCone art I've ever seen. Mm. Um, and it's really not helped by the colouring the colouring is very 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 wrong uh, for this book um, so yeah visually not great also it has Marvel's favourite uh, mixed case lettering Ooh. thing which I have two problems with one mixed case lettering uh, for superhero comics in general always reads weird to me and I don't know why right. but two the particular typeface that Marvel uses for it is ugly as sin mm. Matched only by, in fact, surpassed by the Thor Asgardian mixed case lettering, which is even uglier. Ugh. Is it the uh, same stuff they usually use, or is it a different, different uh, the, Asgardian the mi- font? Mi- mi- uh, it's a different Asgardian font. I see. Uh, and it's, oh, that's not true. Maybe it's not, but definitely with the mixed case, it's <laughs> horrible. It's, it's really, really, really not good. Uh, and in, like, in weird ways, like, the kerning looks weird. <laughs> You know, like it, like the words actually look weird individually. I love how you sweat the small stuff on this. This is great. No, I have to you say, can't not notice I, it. Jeff. Oh, I'll take your word for it. I'm just saying, like I'm pretty oblivious to that stuff, so I really appreciate the the. Uh, the and so yeah, it's it, it like visually, it's it's not a pretty book. Uh, in terms of the writing, mm-hmm. people get very upset when I say things like it's like they phoned it in. <laughs> Right. However, <laughs> let's just be let's just be polite and say I don't think Warren Ellis was really sweating this book a lot. Right. Um yeah, it's in fact I'm not sure anyone was really sweating it with the exception of Marvel's accountants. Do you think uh, Ryan, right. Ryan Hughes does the design and the design is pretty generic Ryan Hughes. Mm-hmm. And I love Ryan Hughes, so it kind of hurts me to say that. It's pretty generic and in particular his um, also by Warren Ellis page. Uh, I can't. I I refuse to believe that he got the images anywhere else from a random Google search for the books. <laughs> and, and when you see it, you'll understand. If it's in digital version, you'll understand. Wow. It's it's weird. Like it's weird. Weird. I can't even understand why he's using a couple of the covers, for example. Wow. Uh, like the Wolverine Not Dead yet is definitely not the, not the most recent cover for it. The Storm collection isn't even a collection cover. Wow, it's a cover from one of the issues. Huh. Um, yeah, it's it's like it's just it's a weird weird book, Jeff. It's I can understand why they're like, hey, it's Warren Ellis and it's Avengers. So we should definitely launch with this. But see, I don't get that. I mean, he just did a. I mean, he did that little short. Why is it what? anything other than? Um, Warnell is a name. He is a prose writer who is a New York Times bestseller. Sure. Right. I see what you're saying. So he's a crossover author. Avengers is, you know, the most successful film of the last five years. Right. But like, for example, he did what four issues, five issues of Secret Avengers done in ones. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
All of which are better than this, I should say. Uh, okay, that's actually good, because I honestly, those, at least those, in part because it's him doing the one-issue stuff, and in part because they gave him different artists on each thing, at least I kind of had, those had a little bit of zip for them, you know what Oh, I mean? they definitely did, and and reading that collection, for example, it's actually really nice, because you start bounce between the two, and you're like, oh, now he's doing a Modesty Place thing, now he's, you know, right. and, and there, there's a, and they're only really 20-page stories, and you're like, I don't, I'm not really feeling this, oh, here's a brand new thing. Right, exactly. Here, here's like uh, a zero gravity kung fu fight, you know. Yeah, there, there's a. Yeah, I don't, but I don't get, I don't get this book. I, I know it's meant to be in the regular Marvel continuity, mm-hmm. but it's clearly not. I was about to say, does that mean does anything? Of, Honestly, well, uh, it means something in the Marvel can then go. If you like this, you read the stories. You know, the characters in Jonathan Eggman's Avengers, but. Well, actually, surprisingly, they don't do that in the book. But um, <laughs> if they were, it'd be like, you could do John Tick's Avengers, where everyone will have a different personality. Because, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know, these characters act like Warren maybe saw the Avengers movie on a plane somewhere. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's kind of writing to that. Right. Uh, it's, it's, and actually, there, there's explicit shout-outs to the movie continuity. Mm-hmm. In a couple of places, which is kind of surprising. Hmm. Uh, Wolverine is in there, and he doesn't wear his Wolverine costume, and is only called Wolverine once, right at the end of the book. Mm. Otherwise, he's just called Logan, which right. is kind of uh, weird and interesting. It's it's a weird, weird ass book. Uh, it is not a good book, <laughs> right. but it's also not a dull book because it's so weird. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. No, I totally get it. In that classic, like we like looking at books and wondering where the hell they went wrong kind of thing. Yeah. Or, it, or, it, or it, even how this was being repurposed. You know what I mean? Like there's something about like those descriptions actually do make me wonder if they were trying to figure out a way to do like an, an Avengers tie, you know, an Avengers movie tie in comic that, that they then changed around or biffed or like there was a communication error and they did put, he did put in Wolverine and they were like, no, we don't have the rights. Well, let's put it, we'll, you know, we'll put this together some other way kind of thing. Well, I mean, Captain Marvel's in it. So it's not like it could have been like, this is a sequel to the Avengers movie. Right. Which Captain Marvel? Oh, the Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel. Carol, Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it's a very, very strange book. Uh, but it's, you know, uh, it's not even people like, you know, it's a lesser Ellis work. It's a lesser, lesser Ellis work. Oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, that's getting down the scale. Although, is there really, I mean, honestly, that is one of the things I find fascinating about Ellis is his lesser, you know, his lesser, like, he, that guy has lesser work. He has lesser, lesser work. He has lesser, lesser, lesser work. You know oh, yeah. I mean? Like, I, it's, a, it's above, you know, gravel. Right. You know, he's not in Tokyo Storm Morning phase here. <laughs> although, he's, although he's really close. He's really close to Tokyo Storm Morning phase. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah, it's just, it's super, it's a super strange book, Jeff. That's all I can say. I just keep saying it's weird because it's a really weird book. Oh, man. I'll have, to, I'll have to grab it and try and read it before next week, I think. But but here here's the crazy thing. So I read that. And then back to back with that, I then read Showcase Presents All-Star Squadron Volume 1. Oh my god. So from the ridiculous to the ridiculous in a different way. Right, right. That maybe there's some some some, some sublime in there, but I don't know where it is. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I was also uh, dipping into Essential Captain America Volume 7. Ooh. 
which is Roger McKenzie's run, which then goes into uh, Roger Stern's run. Roger Stern and Burn. Yeah, Stern and Burn. Yeah, um, that's great. And did you did you dig it? You know, that's that. There's a whole bunch of that stuff. Like honestly, I I really have been thinking about this, and it's kind of like I did my month of you know, plus of like no new Marvel stuff, and I really kind of I, I think I you, mentioned to you, you miss it, don't you, Jeff? You miss it. No, I don't. That's the weird thing. I mean, I really don't. It's like this thing. Like Matt was kind enough to to um, pass along an issue. Uh, I think the Al Ewing fill-in issue of Avengers Assemble and Endless War, and then uh, Martin Gray, who's my usual source bless him, you know, which is why I've got like about a bajillion X-Men comics stockpiled that I haven't read digitally. Uh, Passed me on a bunch of stuff. And I really was, I was like, oh, thanks. You know, because during the month, really, for the most part, nobody sent me anything. And I didn't, I didn't download anything. I didn't open anything. You know, anything that I read was just stuff that I already had, I guess, picked up, I guess. But... Uh, I really found myself kind of go like so. I'm kind of at that stage of like I am. I am in no way being um, being that drawn to to doing to jumping in on what Marvel on what Marvel's currently doing. But as you know, now that I've got an iPad that can hold that has the storage capacity, I'm kind of dying to sit down and like read huge, huge, huge chunks. Like I keep. I kept threatening to do with the Hulk, you know, and just read my way all the way through a character. And and Captain America's got some amazing runs on it. I would love to, you know, make it through the, you know, go through the Kirby Lee, then the Steranko stuff, then all the shit where they didn't know what they were doing, then the Englehart stuff, Kirby, you know, Stern and Burn, and then move into, like, the Grunewald stuff, which people adore, you know? Just the fact I, that... I, I love the Grunewald stuff. I love the Grunewald stuff. Right, exactly. So, you know, and my friend Ren just swears by it. So, although it's interesting, he reread it, and some of his comments of it, on it kind of made me, like, be like, oh, interesting. It's sort of, uh, uh, and I, I think he's still, he was still trying to take the measure of it, but he was kind of like, it's like you're always waiting for something that's about to break big, and then it just ends, you know? Which is really the complaint that people said about, uh, Bendis's Avengers too, so like I'm kind of having that thing of like, huh, maybe that's more of, maybe that's more of comics than we realize, I suppose, you know. So, but oh, I, see, well, that's so funny because for me, like when I think of Grumalt's uh, Captain America, I think of like two thing, two storylines that I just loved, which are kind of the same storyline, which is when Cap gets fired and he gets replaced with John Walker, mm-hmm. and in the middle of this like the Serpent Society and the Viper trying to take over America, and they they turn Ronald Reagan into a snake. Yes, right. Like, and all of that, all of that is like you know things are happening. Well, then that's it. That's it. And it may be that you know it may be that that stuff was great, and then maybe it was the the later stuff, or I don't know. I should press him, and of course, I'm <laughs> hopefully he'll send me an email being like, I wasn't talking about Captain America at all. I was talking about our friendship. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, but anyway, all of which is, is like, there's times, and also in House to Astonish, like, uh, somebody was mentioned, well, you, we were talking about the Fantastic Four at one point, and I don't remember what, what we mentioned, but I had that weird feeling of like, oh, right, I can just, I can just look that up, you know? Yeah, I, I can read all of the Fantastic Four, because, I mean, you've got it all up to what, midway through the Wade run? Uh, dude, it's... It's it's yeah it's just past the it's just past the civil war stuff I think 
So, oh, really? So you've got all the way drawn. See, yeah, that's an all the way stuff before that. Right, exactly. I mean, that's the thing. It's right you, before you basically You basically got it all through the good stuff. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's like, and I sort of felt that way. It's like, I should do that. I should load that up so that I can do that and then do, and also Avengers. Like, all that, oh, that's it. You guys were talking about making some, some goofy uh, Galactic Storm or pre-Galactic Storm joke. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, right, I can read this shit. I should read this shit. You know, but you don't want to. <laughs> no, I mean uh, that's <laughs> no, 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 no. Jeff, friends don't like friends. Read Operation Galactic Storm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's that's probably the case. Um, no, you might be right. But I, but even then, I kind of have that weird thing of, uh, yeah, I might do it. So we'll see. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe 2014 will be my big year of Operation Operation Nostalgia in full effect, and just really dive into a whole bunch of that stuff digitally. Well, it's just that, like, you have all these things, because you got those DVDs. You have all those yeah. collections. Like, it's, yeah. it's it's there for the taking, Jeff. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, I mean, it really is. I totally got this new iPad specifically so that I could load up. Because, you know, each one is something crazy, like, 8 gig worth, you know, of PDFs. And I'm like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give myself that traumatic, you know, blow to the head that I might not come back right from, uh, and just do it, you know? So, oh no, we'll see. We'll see listeners stay tuned for my crazy and yet really, let's face it, pathetic dreams. Uh, oh, no, great. 2014 could be the year where every week we check in and we're like, so where are you up to? And you'll be like, I'm at that point from Fantastic Four where there's like a purple dude with a tail who's got like horns <laughs> well, you know, and they're, actually, like, they're um, underground. You, in theory, you have access to the same stuff I have access to. If you wanted to pick a title and we did like a mass read-through project together. I, I, I've got all, I've got the Avengers DVD too. Like we should totally both do Avengers because oh, Avengers has some great stuff in it. You know, let's do let's let's do it. Damn it, let's we'll figure out a schedule so that we can read like all six hundred issues of Avengers in a year and talk about it on the podcast. Hopefully, with other stuff because I don't think anyone wants to hear the hundreds. Oh of my god, we just become the Avengers podcast. For yeah, 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 yeah. That would be hilarious. <laughs> that that would be kind of great. God, but what would also be great would be like we'd start off and we'd be like, you know, this stuff isn't really settling. Oh wait, it's really great. No, it's okay. It's good. No, it's great. No, it's great. Oh wait, Bob Harris is taking over, and then we'll just spend like six yeah. months going. No, no, it's terrible. Nah, no, no, no. It's not. They're all wearing jackets now. Right. Uh, right. Oh, oh wait, what's happened to the wasp? Oh shit, wait. And then, oh, God. Oh, now we're reading Rob Liefeld's Avengers. See, oh, that's it. Part of me oh. is like kind of like, that's got to be on there, right? And then you follow yes, it up is. with all that all that Busiac Heroes Reborn stuff. Like, it really is kind of... Um, I always think of that episode, that amazing Don McGregor Black Panther issue where the Panther's tied, is being tortured by the clan. He's, like, tied to, like, a rotating water wheel on like a, 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 you know, a windmill thing. So he's like rotating on this thing. And so he's being tortured and slowly drowned and pulled apart. And the whole issue is him fighting, trying to break free. That's so what this would be like. <laughs> that we have to do it. We have to do that's it. That's true. You're really solid there, Jeff. I know. I really was. I was like, oh, wait, Graham's not going to think that's a good thing. Like, spin, Jeff, spin. You can spin this. Spin like this torture wheel I'm describing. <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. Um, so, Graham, we went over our little appointed, like, hour mark for We totally did. Oh, uh, see, we can't even stay on target. Isn't when we that said, sad? Like, even when we go short, we go long. Uh, listeners, we are not going to be here next week because next week is actually Thanksgiving. Yes. Uh, Jeff is going to be doing the second of his Thanksgivings. And then if that goes well, he might even do a third. Who knows? That's Who knows? Right. Jeff, Jeff might just do every Thursday's Thanksgiving from now that, on. That's right. Until 2014. This would be great. We'll do, we'll do the podcast and you'll be like, I'm having tofurkey again. <laughs> Exactly. For the man who doesn't eat turkey. I just I was gonna make the Captain Universe joke. Like I would just be showing up at listeners' doors. It's like the Thanksgiving dinner that could be you. Um <laughs> Oh my god, wouldn't that be great? You just show up and you're like, Hey everyone <laughs> It's Thanksgiving and then I jump in and then we use that as an excuse not to talk for two hours. So it might work. Uh no, so anyway, we're not around next week. Uh we hope all of you have a good Thanksgiving. Yes. Uh, even if you're not in America. <laughs> you won't even think of it as Thanksgiving. You'll just think of it as Thursday. But uh, you can rest assured that Jeff and I will be thinking of it as Thanksgiving. And we'll be giving thanks for you, dear listener. Yes. Why, that's perfectly put. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that's Are, so sweet. I feel like you're undercutting my, my moment of sincerity. Admittedly, somewhat tongue-in-cheek sincerity, but also sincerity. At the same oh, time. see, this is my problem with you, Graham. I can never quite you, your your irony meter is like so fine. You know what I mean? It's like, no, Jeff, I'm being sincerely ironical, sincere, not <laughs> ironically sincerely ironical. I'm like, fuck again. What, what it is, Jeff, is this: as a British male of a certain age, I have problems with sincerity and exp- the expressing thereof. Right. Therefore, I cloak everything in a fine, fine vapor of sarcasm. Right. So that even when I'm trying to be sincere, I am insincere in ironic quotation marks that I then have to explain afterwards. I was trying to be sincere, which simultaneously clarifies my original viewpoint. But also makes it into a bit of a comedy thing. See, to, which you, know, you then play up. So then, therefore, you actually are undercutting the sincerity of your explanation. That's what I'm oh my god! That's oh my god! Saying. Yeah. See, this is the thing why I think you're very uh, lucky that I I lost my shit about the whole midday thing last podcast because <laughs> this is where the outbreak should really go. So. I swear to God. Earlier on today, I was having a terrible day and I was so grumpy. I knew uh, Al just made his tweet about I've just listened to the last 10 minutes and I'm laughing and I couldn't stop myself from laughing just at the memory of you losing your shit. <laughs> just the memory of you losing your shit oh, made man. me laugh. Uh, you know, it's really funny because I mentioned that to Edie. She's like, I'm going to go listen. So she went and listened. I heard her laughing. She came out and she's like, the sad part is people should know that you you absolutely would have been that upset even if you weren't on air. She's like, that is in no way an exaggeration. That's oh, exactly no, no, no. I knew it. I knew that that was yeah. actually you being upset. <laughs> it's like, because you kind of like try to taper it into comedy upset after a while. But definitely like the first five minutes that you're actually being upset. <laughs> oh, God. I'm so transparent. <laughs> That's what made it so great. And I wasn't even like, oh, God damn it. You're actually really like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> All and right. I, did I tell you during during House Astonish that I checked with Kate and she's on your side? She's like, Americans don't call midday. Don't call noon midday. They call yes. it noon. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you did mention that sort of like in passing, like super quick. I don't remember if it was during then or like an email before we logged on, but it was in a way. But yeah, no, no, yeah, it, it uh, Kate totally validated you. She, she also is like, no, if you if you want to say noon, you should say noon. <laughs> I know, right? Anyway, let's not get me started. As long as we're, as long as this is the wait what Department of Corrections, I should also mention because other people didn't know this on Twitter. Uh, it was revealed that I was absolutely 300% incorrect uh, about um, the Mike Golden, Art, Infl- Art Adams influence on, on Rob Liefeld and others, where somebody actually found the smoking bullet uh, of Rob, Rob Liefeld actually saying, you know, Art Adams was a huge influence on me and on everyone. It was from uh, Evan Harrison Cass who tweeted you, um, and then I, I fully retweeted that as a mea culpa. Um, yeah, it was uh, Liefeld saying, Art Adams had an overwhelming influence on my entire look and style. <laughs> and you you actually were so incredibly ungracious about it, it was sort of charming. <laughs> <laughs> but that, again, was comedy. Yeah, uh, sure, sure, of course. No, because then was it not the same thing? Dude, I'm already like, onto your tricks. I'm already onto your tricks. The dusting of sarcasm. I know where it is. I know a real fuck you from a sarcastic fuck you. <laughs> You'll never well, fool me again. In this case, Jeff, you definitely don't, because that was a sarcastic <laughs> fuck you. My real fuck yous are far more subtle. Oh, 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 nice. I really appreciate the way that you simultaneously let me off the hook and put me on notice at the same time, Graham. <laughs> Just yeah. brilliant. Yeah, just, just, you know, keep on your toes. <laughs> no kidding. Any minute. Whoosh. All right. Uh, and on uh, that merry note. Where, where, where we? uh, oh, yeah. So, yeah, we're not around next week, uh, but this is going probably going to go live a couple of days before Thanksgiving. So, yes, have a good Thanksgiving, everyone. Uh, yes. I hope it is is fine. I hope it is fun. I hope your family is not insane. I hope your friends are not insane. And I hope you appreciate whatever sort of meal you have. Just remember, America died for your sins. Um, and we will be back two weeks from now. <laughs> when right. December, when I'll be I'll be all Christmassy and happy. I cannot fucking wait. Yeah, it's true. Graham embraces Graham's embrace of the holiday will be something that we we have to look forward to. Also, I should I should mention if you really miss us during that time off. Hey, Erotic Vampire Bank Heist available now on Amazon for the Kindle. Uh, it's actually available. This is something because I didn't realize. Uh, most of my sales have been, because all of my ads actually are tailored to Amazon.com, but for those of you, Amazon.uk, actually a few people bought copies, Amazon.ca up in Canada, it'd be nice to, you know, if you're interested, Australia, Amazon India, uh, France, Italy, uh, Denmark, like, it's available on a shockingly wide array of platforms, considering it is only in one language, which is English, uh, and it is uh, super porny, uh, mopey, and action-filled. But everyone, it is cheap. It is cheap. You should buy it. It is the same price as a Marvel comic. Yes, and way, way more sex scenes, and actually, frankly, way more action scenes in there. There's some action scenes. Yeah, people hang out for it. Yeah, next time you buy an issue of Superior Spider-Man or all new X-Men, and you're like, this isn't really doing it for me. Ask yourself this. Would Vampire's Boning do it for me? If so, exactly. Oh my god, can I... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Thank you, Graham. 
Exactly. This Thanksgiving, when you need some vampire boning action, please consider Erotic Vampire Bank Heist. Available on just about any Amazon platform you can find. I feel that there's like a, a you know, turkey, like, deep yeah, on a turkey, bone of vampire oh, type nice. joke. Yeah, there's got to be something there. Yeah, exactly. When you're tired of deboning the turkey, bone a Dracula um, or something. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, it's it's three ninety nine. It's uh, available on Amazon for anyone who has the Kindle or who has the Kindle app for their uh, particular device of choice. Yes, that is right. Three hundred and forty pages of lip smacking action with a certain amount of fanatic soul searching thrown in. So check it out. Also, if you are uh, missing us and you have not already checked out the latest edition of House to Astonish, you should do so, because Jeff and I are there. It's like an extra episode of Wait What, in that we accidentally brought them down to our level. We really did. We really did. The uh, Bless His Heart um, Super God Master Force, I think, was absolutely 100% accurate when he said... I love that rather than going with your usual well-planned format, the Wait What hosts dragged you both down to their rambling stream-of-consciousness mud pit. I, I feel somewhat guilty about that. I feel horrendously guilty for always stepping on Al, mm-hmm. which I swear to God I was not doing intentionally. It, there really was a Skype thing going on, because I could hear myself on Skype. Mm-hmm. So I would talk, and then I could hear myself and Al, and I'd just be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm so sorry, because I, I enjoyed teasing you about it. But you were great. It was actually tremendous amounts of fun. Uh, it really was. Alan and Paul were, were really gracious hosts, and it was ridiculously fun. Yeah, it really was. It really was. We had a good time, and I believe it's one of those classic like good times that the, that the listeners can actually part- share in as well. So check it out. It's episode 114, right? Episode 114 yes. of House to Astonish. Hunt them up over at HouseToAstonish.com. So. Uh, I'm also going to say, if you guys aren't listening to House to Astonish anyway, you should. Yes. Uh, because when they, when they don't have us over, uh, they do have a much more planned podcast, uh, including the official handbook of the official handbook of the Marvel Universe, yes. which remains one of my favorite things on the internet ever. Yeah, yeah. That is, that is always great fun. That is great fun. I also have to say, when they went into their closing spiel, it was like um, it was like watching Run DMC perform. It was just amazing. Oh, it, it it's isn't it great? Like, <laughs> they they're just like we know what to do. They really are professionals, Jeff. They they had a script for their opening. I know. They were like, okay, let's walk you through it, and we're like, hook. <laughs> exactly. Script. Oh, oh, we should do that, shouldn't we? And of course, if we do anything like that this time, no. We've actually had the professionals show us how it's done now, Jeff, and we still didn't do it. I think the one time we did it, we fucked it all up. Remember? I could have sworn, <laughs> like, the, the one time we, like, got all professional and shit. Not only did the internet, like, try and kill us <laughs> and itself, but I, as I recall, like, things just went horribly, horribly awry, as I recall. Uh, that let's stick with that. I don't know if that's true, but let's yeah, sure, stick. exactly, sure. Graham. Let's <laughs> Try just <not> pretend. <laughs> oh my, oh my, oh my! All right, well, uh, thanks again, everybody. Um, we will talk to you in two weeks, right? Yes. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy beginning of the holiday season, everyone. Next time you hear us, there'll be sleigh bells in my head. <laughs>